For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talk Recorded live. Good morning, everyone. You are in the spotlight with Brian Gardner for this Friday, March the 20th, 2015. Good to have you all here for our second of two shows this week, our special Friday morning episode. Um, you know, right on time, right around what I said, we would be around 10, 30, 11 or so. So, so we're right there. To those of you that are listening to this live, thank you so much um, for doing so. I'm glad so many of you seem to remember that we were going to do this with everything that's been going on with the tournament and all. Um, to those of you that will be listening to this at some point in archive, thank you very much. We do appreciate that. Um, so here's here's the deal for today. It's going to be a very short show. Uh, if you read the show description, and I, I didn't post two links like I usually do. Usually I post an announcement that we're having the show and give you the information about the show, and then a few minutes later usually I'll post the links that, okay, we're on the air live and everything's a go. I didn't do two links. I combined them both because I didn't want to, you know, waste the time to put two up. And I figure since it's such a short show today and such a special show today, and I figured it wasn't necessary to post double links. So I just posted everything in one link, all the information about the show and participation and all that stuff. So um, it is going to be a very short show. It might be our shortest show we've ever done. It's funny, I've said that before, and it usually ends up being pretty um, average. But I think it's going to be short today. Here's why. In the show description I posted that we're doing the box office beat today, which you all know I announced that we were going to do that on Tuesday. Um, and then we're going to do – I said we'd cover any major entertainment news. Well, here's the thing. I posted that because technically when we cover the box office beat, sometimes we do dive into, like, entertainment topics and news, mostly obviously related to movies, and other issues come up in the discussion of the box office, you know, the numbers and, and all that stuff. So – I, you know, whenever I, I, even even if we weren't going to talk, even if we aren't going to talk about like actual news that's come out, I would still post that we're going to discuss box off uh, Hollywood news and stuff because that kind of ties in with the box office, and it kind of fills out the description. We really don't have any entertainment news to discuss on the show outside of discussing what could potential what what happened at the box office last weekend and what could potentially happen this weekend. We really don't have any news. None of you, when I made this announcement on Tuesday, what we're going to be doing here today, none of you really pushed any entertainment stories that you wanted us to cover for this particular show. I don't see anything that needs to be, like, covered right now. So I'm not going to waste the time. We want to be off the air quickly, especially with the tournament. We don't want to go up against the tournament. That's why we're on the air so early. Otherwise, normally I'd leave an afternoon show for the uh, otherwise normally I'd leave a show for the afternoon because that's why I usually do football Friday and it worked out better. But we don't want to go up against the NCAA tournament, which is why we're doing this like the way we are with the schedule and everything. So I'd rather get on there and get off, do what we have to do, and that's what we're going to do here today. It's going to be a quick show. Um, we're going to go in, we'll, we'll do our box office beat. We'll look back at last week's box office numbers and our predictions, look ahead to this weekend, and that's pretty much going to be it. Um, there is a couple entertainment things that you all, I mean, it's, and it's not really news. 
it's something that you want us to discuss, okay? And we've had this discussion before, so I, I want to, I do want to bring this up because a lot of you have been asking me about this for not just this week, but even last week, and. I, I I put it off because I'm only we don't have the time because we're only doing like one show a week technically. This this is got kind of like a show and a half. If you well, our Tuesday show and now this is kind of like a half show. Um, we don't really have the time, and you know I I want to kind of wait because I you know we've done this discussion this topic before, so I it, I don't want to say it's kind of beating a dead horse. It's just kind of like you know I I'm kind of not in a rush to get back into it. The whole idea of ratings and daylight savings time and all this other stuff with TV shows, you know, once you hit March, you see TV show ratings drop significantly. DVR numbers are way up, but that, you know, it, it, it's kind of like people start to go outside more. The winter starts to loosen its grip, you know. It, it, we've been through this before, and I'm sure a lot of our people, a lot of our people that listen to our show are really well-versed in entertainment stuff, and, you know, they know how this works. But there's still a number of people in I, I, every year around this time, we get this, especially in the last three years I would say. And people would ask me, well, what, do you want? Are you going to discuss like what's going on with the ratings? Is it really daylight savings time? Why is this happening? It never used to happen. We will discuss it. Okay, we're not going to do that today. But you know, as I was mentioning a few minutes ago. You know, when I when I when I mentioned that we we're doing this entertainment show on Friday, I said, "Well, we'll do the box office beat, and if, if anything else comes up, any entertainment news, we'll discuss it." Well, nobody talked about it. nobody nobody emailed me about entertainment news. All I got was emails. Or really, the only topic that was pushed forward for the show, in addition to what we normally talk about in the box office beat, was TV ratings and daylight savings time. That was the only thing that got pushed forward, and. I, I'm like, okay, well, we're not going to do that on a short Friday show, so we're going to have to table that. But it's a, it's a topic that's been being pushed for a couple of weeks now. I expect it every year, and every year I kind of, kind of, you know, the last couple of years I kind of let it go. I mean, the first year I think we discussed it in detail. Like I said, I think about three years ago this started firmly. Um, we discussed it, and I kind of let it go the last couple of years. We will do something about it. We will talk about it on a, an upcoming show. I promise we will. To those of you that are wanting us to discuss it, it is becoming a bigger and bigger deal. Before it used to be, I mean, it's always been significant drop-offs, but it gets worse every year. Um, and it, it tends to get worse the, the, the harsher the winter you just went through because people are, like, itching to get back out, get outside. And we just went through a very harsh winter. We still are in some ways. but uh, and And, look, with the advent of DVRs, more and more people getting DVRs and on-demand and all this stuff, it's going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. So, you know, it is an issue that Hollywood's going to have to deal with from a t as far as TV goes. You're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to, you know, some shows are even some shows are immune to it. I mean, it, it sometimes depends what night of the week you're on. If you're on a Sunday night, and you're a show like The Walking Dead, you're probably immune to it. Um, most shows aren't. I mean, it just depends. Um, we'll we'll talk about that 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 issue because it is a huge. It's a huge topic, and it's something that's going to be real. The whole idea of on-demand television and DVR and, you know, all this stuff, time-shifted viewing has been an issue for years now, and it's becoming more and more of an issue, but you're seeing the networks make the adjustments. You know, they're putting emphasis on 
on demand and DVR. They recognize that a lot of their audience for these shows is is there. You know, and it's funny because, like, I see an announcement, and we'll t- we'll talk about this again in more detail. I'm just kind of just raising over it a little bit. A show like Soupy How just got uh, like Soupy How got renewed this week. 18 episodes, season three. Now you saw Sweepy Howe's ratings this year. They, they're, I mean, you look at the ratings for Sweepy Howe and a number of shows this year. They're, it, it, they're pretty bad. And I like Sweepy Howe, but they're bad. Normally, I mean, that show wouldn't even be allowed. We're talking most. A lot of broadcast TV's ratings right now are terrible. All right, a lot of shows are hanging out in demos around 1.5 to 2.0. Most shows five years ago wouldn't be allowed to go below 2.5, 3.0 if they're lucky on broadcast television. But that's the adjustment because you know what? If you look at the DV, when you include DVR numbers, not just same day and plus seven, but beyond that, you see some shows jump to like 3.6, 4.0, You look at the blacklist. The blacklist dropped, I think, below 2.0. I think it was like right around 2.0, 1.9 one week on a Thursday. You've drawn, you you included their their total DVR numbers. They went to a three six. Then you're like, oh wow, now I understand why they're not worried. Yeah, and and and, and it, it's remarkable. You see, you go on sites like TV by the Numbers or any other rating site, and people are like, well, why is that show? Oh, why isn't that show? That show's in trouble. Oh, no, they're not, because the audience is there. They're just not watching it right away or live. They're just not watching it. A show like Agents of Shield, which is it's not going to go anywhere anyway because Marvel needs it. it doesn't matter how well the ratings go. They're just going to keep funding money into, funneling money into it. It doesn't matter. They're considering it an asset because it's building up in humans. So, but you look at their number. Okay, it seems like they hover right around one six, one seven now in a demo, right? They hover around there. Well, if you include DVR numbers, it's like in the high twos, threes. That's not that dangerous. It doesn't look as bad, does it? Or you look at shows like Person of Interest that to see a huge jump. Sleepy Hollow sees a huge jump. I mean, there's a lot of shows that you look at their number the next day after they air, and you're like, wow, what is wrong with their ratings? I said, they're going to they're be canceled. And then you look up and they're renewed, and you're like, wait, what? But then you look at their DVR numbers, and you go, oh. Problem is, the, the networks are making the adjustment. The networks are saying, all right, we know the audience is there for these shows. We've got to keep them around. They're vital to our success. But the problem is a lot of the advertisers are like, well, wait a minute. Okay, if this, if this show is seeing most of its audience in DVR, which a lot of these shows are, well, it hurts us because – I mean, okay, there might be a few advertisers that get their ads on during an on-demand episode or whatever. But if, if people are watching on DVR, guess what they're doing? They're fast-forwarding through the commercials. So, I mean, on-demand, they can kind of you can the, the advertisers can kind of stomach because you can still put commercials in there and prevent people from rewinding and fast-forwarding. But if it's if if it's simply that the episode was DVR'd by a person, they you know they can fast-forward through the commercials. And that's what the advertisers don't want. And therein lies the big issue right now for television because they got to find some way to monotonize when people watch something on their DVR. 
because people do that because, number one, they can't see it live, and that's fine. But number two, a lot of people just do it. They can, probably, a lot of people can watch it live. They just do it because they don't want to watch commercials. And that's, that's something that's a problem for Hollywood, for te- television. That is a major issue right now because they need that advertising house. It's a business. When it, can't, it, it hurts them financially, and it hurts that show financially. So we'll see what happens. Again, it's a loaded issue. It's a big topic. I didn't even want to talk, say as much as I did about it today, well, but, we, but I'm glad I kind of did because it gave, you guys, it gave some of you that wanted to discuss the topic a little something. We'll discuss it in full at some point down the road. I promise we will because it is an, an issue that is something that's of a, a huge amount of concern to television um, and Obviously, to a number of fans who are, you know, they worry about their shows, and they're like, well, what's, you know, what's so, what's realistic about this and all that stuff, so. Um, so we'll talk about it on a future show. Um, normally, at the top of the show, I'd say, all right, you can participate with email, Facebook, and Twitter. We're not going to do that today because I'm, we're not going to really allow participa- participation because it's a short show. We just want to get off the air. I mean, yeah, you can go on Twitter or Facebook and provide your reactions. Um so I will give you the email and Facebook and Twitter, but again, participation-wise, um, you know, we're not going to like, you know, read stuff from people today or anything like that. It's just, we want to do this as quick as possible. So um, you can, if you want to email your reactions or feedback, etc., you can do that by email at itspotlightbg@gmail.com and itspotlightbg@gmail.com. And again, just label your email with something in the subject line about what the email is about. If it's just a reaction to something I've said or whatever, um, and then. You can uh, follow us and tweet us at IT Spotlight BG. Again, that's at IT Spotlight BG. That's my Twitter handle as well as the show. It's like the email for the show is my also my email. Um, you can also find us on Facebook by searching for our full show title of our show in the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our fan page on Facebook, like our page and go ahead and post whatever it is you like to post. Um, Facebook, Twitter, email. I assure you, if you sent something or post something, we will see it. Myself and Jeff Tech take turns. We do, we take shifts, checking everything out. So if you post or send it, I promise you we will see it. Even if you don't apply back or mention it or acknowledge it on the show or whatever, I promise you we have seen whatever you post or send. We do. We check everything. I promise. All right. Jeff Tech is my second in command today, so I thank him for joining me on this Friday morning. Mike, of course, is working, so when we do these daytime shows, he is not able to attend. Um. And like I said, this is going to be a pretty straightforward show. Box office beat, and that's pretty much it. Um, I'm, you're not, you know, I saw a lot of people, I, I even mentioned this on Tuesday. I said, well, what, you know, I know the NCAA tournament, you know, had a huge day yesterday. and A really good first four, too. Everybody's like, what are you going to talk about it on Friday? No, we're going to, look, we'll, we'll, if you I, I encourage all of you to follow my Facebook and Twitter, not only the show's Facebook, but my, my own personal Facebook under Brian Gardner. I'm, I'm posting thoughts and reactions on the tournament through there, too. And also on Twitter, I was posting constantly yesterday. Um, follow me through that over the next couple of days. Tuesday night will be an all-NCAA tournament show. Again, we will cover everything that's happened, and we'll talk about it in detail um, but no, we're not going to do that today because that just takes too much time, and I want to have my co-host Mike on for that, and it's you know it's just better to do it that way. So, but it, yeah, the tournament had a great day yesterday, a great day yesterday, great 
games, compelling storylines. And then the first four was even good. So they're off to a good start. Good for them. And I, I think today's going to be a good day, too, for them. So it's looking good. And then the weekend, you know, there's some good matchups already set up. So it should be fun. All right, so let's get to it. Let's get to the box office beat for this week. And I want to address something really, really quickly about my numbers last week, my predictions. Which we are, those of you that listened to last week's box office beat, you know my numbers were way off for Cinderella, okay? Let me explain to you why I went so low with my prediction of Cinderella. I predicted Cinderella to make $30 million. Clearly, it made much more than that. Why did I go so low? I explained a little bit about that last week, and and it's funny because my co-host Mike did bring up in the discussion. Well, it's got Frozen Fever attached to it, the, the Frozen short that Disney produced. I said, look, that could help, but I didn't think that that would make enough of it, especially in this era of things leaking out online. Like I figured people just wait, uh, people weren't going to pay money to go to the theater just to see a short. Okay. Then again, I even mentioned this last week. People pay money to go see a movie they don't want to see just to see a trailer, and they get up and leave. So I guess I, I mean I guess I shouldn't be that um, surprised that people pay money just to see a short. But um, anyway, I also questioned how much of a hook Cinderella would have. Now people might say, "Wait a minute, Mad- uh, Alice in Wonderland is fantastic a couple years ago." Well, yeah, but you know that's a that to me that's a more grandiose movie. And it's more over the top. It, it catches more attention. It, it attracts more people. Uh, plus, it had Johnny Depp, and it had this cast of, of, of actors, um, Anne Hathaway and Johnny Depp, you know, that, you know, can draw. This movie did not have that. I love Kate Blanchett, but she doesn't really draw a whole lot at the box office. Lily James is relatively new. It's like her first big movie. She's only from Downton Abbey. Once Downton Abbey fans came out, then okay. Um... You know, outside of that, there was really nobody known. Helena Bonham Carter as the fairy godmother. I mean, there was nobody. There really wasn't anybody known. Um, and I, that's not a problem. We've seen movies that don't have a huge amount of draws and it do well. But I just thought that, that okay, there's no big hook at the box office among the cast. The the the, the hook is it's Disney. It's a fair. It's, it's a classic fairy tale. One of their most classic. I identifiable fairy tales brought to life. All right? Now, don't think Disney didn't think, oh, well, you know what, there's a chance that this doesn't do huge numbers. Let's stick Frozen Fever on the beginning of it. They, that's probably why they did that. They could have waited a, They could have waited for another movie to put Frozen Fever in front of it. But this was the movie that they thought would benefit the most from it. Because it's not like Cinderella was ever going to flop, okay? It was, it was always going to do okay. But there's a difference between having an okay weekend, which would have been thirty, forty million, and having a seventy million dollar weekend like it just did. Seventy million dollars in March is great. That's fantastic. That's on board with summer, and that's and that's really what you would want out of a movie like this is to hit a number that we would see in summer box office season, and that's what it did. So was it Frozen that did it? Maybe I think it helped. Or was it just the fact that Disney? it's Disney behind it, and it's a fairy tale brought to life, and it drew? I think it was a little bit of both. I think it was a little bit of both. I think anybody that grew up watching Cinderella, older audiences, went out and saw it. I think little, obviously little girls were going to go out and see it. 
I think even teenage girls, tween girls, college girls, anybody that loves fairy tales, we're going to go out and see it. Women of all ages, we're going to go out and see it. It's like they went out and saw Maleficent. What really has become apparent here with this with Cinderella is, especially after seeing the same, you can't attribute it all to Frozen. Okay, this movie's going to make thirty million at least. Frozen probably got it to maybe maybe forty five, maybe. Okay, the rest of that was the movie itself. It hit the audience that it needed to hit. Okay. Now, the, I mean, you, you always account for movies that primarily are, you know, female-based or male-based. You always go, well, wait a minute. How many people did they bring with them? They bring their boy, you know, if it's women, did they bring their boyfriends? They bring their kids, you know, whatever. The more people they bring, the better the number. That probably happened. This probably got a lot of family traction and not just women. So that probably helped. Now, again, you saw Maleficent last summer. In many ways, exceed expectations. Here, same thing. Alice in Wonderland a few years ago did the same thing. It's clear Disney is getting the audience it wants. It's not, and I see people go, oh, this appeals to women, this appeals to women, this appeals to women. I also want to appeal to more than just women. Maleficent was targeting primarily just women because of the whole Sleeping Beauty thing. And, of course, families, but, you know, given the character, the lead character, they were worried they wouldn't get them. But they did. This movie tapped in to the same mainstream audience that Maleficent did. It got them. I'm surprised it did, but it did. It got them. And now if I'm Disney, I know for a fact that there is, a, there is an audience there for every fairy tale they bring to live action. Now, the most popular ones were going to be Beauty and the Beast and stuff. That, yeah, that you knew was always going to be there, that those kind of movies were going to do well. But for the movies like Cinderella or, you know, they're going to do Jungle Book in a year. Now, Jungle Book might not appeal to just – it's probably not going to be more female appealing. It's going to be more male appear, appealing. But now what you've established is that now this, there's an, the audience there that just loves Disney, period, is so vast. And not just female or family or whatever. It goes beyond that. You can't do what Cinderella just did and just be, you know, one primarily one gender focused or family focused. There's got to be more to that. We know that now. We know that these movies are probably going to always do well now. And now a movie like The Jungle Book or any other property that's not like Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, whatever, that they produce live action, we know now it's going to do pretty pretty well. It's not going to have like this, no matter when it opens, whether it's March or whatever, it's not going to have this, you know, relatively decent weekend. It's going to have a good weekend. They have established that the fan, there's a fan base there for anything Disney, and it's going to come out no matter what and give that movie the benefit of the doubt opening weekend no matter what. And that's why Cinderella did well. You can't pin it all on Frozen. I saw people, oh, it's Frozen, Frozen. No, Frozen did not do that much. Not, a 10-minute a, a, a short is not going to do that much for a movie. It'll help. It can maybe give you $15 million or so. Yeah, it can help. But no, I mean, $70 million, is, is the, the movie did something right. The movie got an, got an audience that was above and beyond 
the demos, that the demographics you thought it would hit. It shows you Disney's fan base is so is incredibly mainstream, just like Marvel, which is coincidentally owned by Disney. It's so incredibly mainstream and so indebted in pop culture that it doesn't matter what the prop is. Even if the prop looks like it skews more towards male or female or more towards family or real kids, or whatever, it doesn't matter. It hooks people of all ages, all genders, whatever. It hooks everybody. Even their animated movies do the same thing now. They, they've, it's, and, and they've had so many quality, so much quality over the decades that at this point, even with current audiences, you know, they, they, they buy into it even without knowing. doesn't matter what the reviews are. doesn't matter any of that. They buy in. They give the benefit of the doubt to the prop product, and they go and see it. And maybe afterwards they don't like it very much, but they've already seen it, so the opening weekend number is going to be good. And even if they didn't like it, they're going to be there for the next one because they're going to think that one's going to be better. Because the track record's so consistently good that they know that, that the majority of the movies are going to be good. I saw Cinderella, my fiance. I'll review it on a future, on a future um, uh, show. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was what it was. What, about what I expected it to be. I saw some people, oh, it was a magical experience. Well, hey, that's what I'm saying. So it got off and running really, really well, really well, really strong out opening weekend uh, for Cinderella. Now, there was another offering last weekend, and that was the Reanisons from Run All Night. And... Look, R-rated movie. The thing I question, you, you all remember, the, anybody that listened to uh, the box office beat last week remembers this. I questioned the release date for this movie. Not because March wasn't a good time for this. I mean, it's, it's not a bad time. It's not, you know, I mean, you're not, you don't have to worry about any competition from Cinderella. You guys got, that, both movies have different audiences. I mean, you know, one's an R-rated uh, action movie, you know. But, Liam Neeson just had taken three in January, which is his big franchise. Okay, he, they, we just had this in, many, in some places still in theaters, and you're releasing another action movie. Now I know this plays more to suspense, like like kind of like his movie in September, Walk Among the Tombstones, but still, it's too close. And as I said on on, on last week's show, last Thursday, uh, last uh, last entertainment show we did. Let's Walk Among the Tombstones came out in September. Now, I know that movie didn't do particularly well. But still, you had that one in, in September. You had Taken 3 in January. And then you had this one in March, Run All Night. It's a little too much of Liam Neeson and action suspense thrill movies. It's a little too much. These should have been, I mean, okay, I can understand why Taken 3 and Walk Among the Tombstones weren't breaking away for it. And at least then there was like a six-month, almost a six-month kind of breakup there. Okay, so I say I shouldn't say six months, maybe like a four month break up there. But Taken Three came out in the middle of January. This is even, this is even a full two months in between. That's not good. That's a mistake by the studio and everybody involved. That is a mistake. This could have waited till April at the at the earliest. 
Now, I understand they didn't want to play it out in the summer because they thought it would get lost in the shuffle. That's completely understandable. If you couldn't play it out in April, wait till the end of the year. Play it out in, play it in September next year. You know, you could have done that. Big mistake by the studio. And that's why it didn't do as well as I thought it could. And granted, I, w- I didn't think it would do huge business anyway. I was thinking, you know, 16, 17 million, only did 11. Now it's not rated movie. So, you know, I think a studio's going to look at it and go, oh, you know, it's R rated. You know, it, it plays more to older audiences. The, the younger audience that will, that comes out for Liam maybe wasn't going to go after this because, you know, it's it, I, I, they can spin it any way they want, okay? It, it, it should have done better. The concept, the, the concept, it was a very high concept movie. It's a, it's a, it was a good premise. It, it, it's, a, it's a premise that never seems to fail. And it failed here. And it failed because people are like, well, you know what? I just thought taking three with him, it's kind of the same thing. Even if it isn't, in a lot of ways. No, i wait. I can just watch you when it's time, like Redbox or something. That's what happens. That's what happens. And that's why it's a mistake. The movie, this movie is so close to taking three. So that one's completely on the studio. It, it really should have at least broken, it should have came in around $15 million. And I know people are, oh, it's not that much off the pay. It's only about five, six million. Yeah, that's a lot for a movie that was, was never going to make a lot in the first place. You needed it to hit the number it was supposed to hit. With these movies, with these kind of movies, it's, you need it to hit the number it's supposed to hit because they're not meant to make a lot of money. They're just meant to make a small profit. I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not limited, they're not small budget movies. It's just, but they're movies that, you know, carry like a middling budget, and you expect you kind of put these some of these movies out there in a year just to kind of make a small profit for your bigger efforts. They're small vehicles. That's what they call them. And they have a, a number that you kind of want them to hit, which is, you know, you usually want to make at least five, five, ten million off of them in profit, at least. What this movie did last weekend is not a good start to do that. And when it's because of your own decision making, it's problematic. So I, I feel that was a mistake to release that movie when they did. Uh, outside of the two new releases, um, nothing really of note. I mean, you had your holdovers like Kingsman continue to hold while Kingsman continues to hold. Well. I mean, it only dropped twenty five percent at six point two. Um, Chappie and Chappie crashed in its second week. Focus continued to crash in its third week. Um, although Focus hasn't done horrible, but Chappie is just not doing well at all. It's um, I already had a small forty nine million dollar budget. It hasn't done well. We talked about that a little last week. It's you know, again, I think, you know, people thought, you saw the reviews, a lot of people thought it was a lazy effort by Neil Blomkamp. I haven't seen it yet. Um, you know, it seemed like a, it seemed like a concept that could work, but the closer we got to the release date, there was a, a general sense that people, like, getting, were down on it. That's never good. So, um, the exotic, best exotic Marigold Hotel held well. SpongeBob, even though it dropped under five million, held modestly well. So did McFarlane USA. Both movies under five million, but held modestly well. The Duff did too. Um, 
and all these movies, I just last three movies I just mentioned all were under five million, but held well. Um, so, you know, good for the box office last weekend. Look, first week of March was not particularly good. We all saw how badly Chappie did. Um, but again, I told you that's the way this month was going to work. The first week was going to be the, the 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 week that's off, and then it's going to build throughout the month. Cinderella built it quickly, much quicker than you would have thought. This week you're going to have another movie that's going to probably carry a similar number at least, or close to it. And then you're going to look at Mars and be like, ah, hey, not bad. You know, they got through the week that they had to get through, which was last week. And look, it was not like people wrote off last week. People thought Chappie could at least do $20 million, and that would be a good enough week. It didn't. And it was, ended up being a probably the worst week of the box office season, a box office year so far. Um, but because, but you know what? The thing that helped is the fact that last weekend with Chappie, the movies under it held very well. The holdover movies held very well, so it kind of balanced it out and didn't make it a complete bad weekend. Like, we've had horrible box office weekends. That wasn't a horrible box office weekend. The number one movie did horrible. But the rest of the movies did okay, for the most part. And that's what balanced it out. This week, it became more about what was number one. The number one movie carried the torch this week, and it did a good job of it and got everything and, and kept everything at a good level. Whereas last week, the holdovers kept everything at a good level. So it's still been a very good start to the box office week. Box office year, pardon me, for Hollywood. Uh, a very good start. They they really haven't had a true all altogether bad week. They've had, some, they've had some new movies not do so well, and they've had a number one movie like Chappie not do so well, but they haven't had an all-out week where everything dropped, and it's like a weekend when nobody came out. They haven't had that yet. That's a good thing, as we're in March now. It's a very good thing, and numbers are up, attendance is And, you know, you're heading now, as we, we're halfway through March now, more than halfway through. You're heading into April, there's a couple of big offerings in April. And then, of course, once you get to May, you're golden for about four months. So, it's, it's, they're, they're doing well. All right, let's look back at the predictions here and see how we did for this weekend at the box office. And it was, again, a weekend ruled by Cinderella. Obviously, you all know I did horrible on my prediction. I said $30 million. It made 67.8 to be exact. So, clearly well off on that run all night. Made $11 million in second. I had it in second with $60 million. Again, we talked about that way off on that. I had Chappie in third, around $10 million. Chappie couldn't even hold well in his second weekend. Dropped from first to fifth with 5.7, way off on that one. I had Focus in fourth with $7 million. Focus uh, was in fourth, but was only 5.7, so off on that one. And then Kingsman I had in fifth with $6 million. Kingsman coming came in third, actually, with 6.2, so I actually got that one right. So there's my one right for the probably for the week right there. And then I had in sixth uh, the best exotic Marigold Hotel with five and a half million. Uh, that movie came in sixth with five point six, so I got that one right. Oh, I got two right. How about that? And then in seventh, I had the SpongeBob movie with five million. SpongeBob movie actually fell below five million with four, with four million, a little over four million, so I got that one wrong. So actually, I didn't do too bad. I got two out of seven right. That's more than I thought I was going to get. Um, so you know what? Just one more thing to bring up. Outside of two new movies, uh, outside of two new movies, okay, guess you're looking for another storyline. And listen to Run All Night in its first weekend, not doing particularly well. 
Um, Folk, uh, Focus and Chappie both dropped more than they were supposed to. SpongeBob did too, but SpongeBob been out for a month and a half, so you can't fault that. Um, particularly Chappie, which you know, I think most. I mean, just to help salvage something, I think most were probably thinking it should hold around ten, nine, ten million. The fact that it dropped already to five seven, which means it's going to be under five million this weekend, shows you that the movie was completely rejected by the audience. That's that's a direct. If it can't hold, I mean, it only made twelve million last weekend. So I guess me predicting and many others predicting it could hold around 10 was just being really optimistic that maybe people just didn't rush out to see it. Clearly that wasn't the case. People, clearly people just didn't want to see it. Now you know that for a fact now. It only made, it, 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 it completely crashed in the second weekend. So that movie is a, a complete flop. And, you know, Focus, you know, at least Focus had a, a d- decent opening weekend. I mean, it's not a complete loss there. So it dropping off while bad is not devastating. Chappie is is devastating for that movie. So, all right. So once again, running through the numbers real quick. Cause I just gave you the idea on predictions. I did two out of seven right on predictions. Number one movie this weekend: Cinderella, sixty-seven point eight million. Number two: Run All Night, eleven little over eleven million. Dropping from uh, moving up from fourth to third was Kingsman. With another good hold of 25.2%, making 6.2 men, good number for them. Dropping from second to fourth was Focus, 5.7 men, a 42.7% drop up, which isn't good, but third weekend, so it's not, I guess, devastating. Dropping from first to fifth was Chappie with, five, with 5.7 million, a 57.3% drop off. Again, that movie in horrible shape right now. Dropping from third to sixth, the second best Marigold Hotel, 5.6 men, a 33.4% drop off. Uh, very good hold for that movie, which was only produced for $10 million. I already had eight, over 18 domestically, so good for them. And again, I mentioned uh, a couple movies held well under, and but were still under $5 million, or were put under $5 million, but they've been holding over $5 million for a few weeks now, but they still did relatively well. SpongeBob movie, Sponge Out of Water, with a little over $4 million, 39.6% drop of it, dropped from 57, but still a very good hold. McFarlane, the USA, dropped from 7 to 8th, 3.6 million, 31% hold, which isn't bad. 31% dropout, which is a good hold. Uh, 50 Shades of Grey dropped from 6 to 9, 2.8 million, 48.1% dropout, which isn't horrible either for that movie in its fifth week. And then The Duff dropped from 9 to 10, 2.8 million, 40.4% dropout, which isn't bad at all for that movie. It only had $8.5 million, but it's made $30 million, so it's done pretty good. Actually, more than pretty good. It's done very well. So... Um, and that was the story at the box office. If you want further information about last week's numbers uh, and, and want more detail about last week's numbers, head over to the box office. We'll go under the weekend of March 13th through the 15th, and you will find all the information you want there in further detail. So from last week's pretty good box office, thanks to Cinderella, to this week's box office. Last week, of course, a lot of St. Patrick's Day celebrations, and, you know, that that's always a concern for the box office. You know, it could, it could hurt some numbers in some ways. If, if it's an, you know, if, if you talk about some big markets have really big St. Patrick's Day parades, like New York City and such, it could, you know, hurt. didn't really look like it hurt too much last week. This week, you know, you don't have any, outside the NCAA tournament, you don't really have anything that would attract people from going to see a movie this weekend. Um Although you do have some colleges in spring break form, so that's always a thing. But, you know, people can see movies on spring break, so I don't think that really factors too much. 
Um, so unless this weekend you're a movie that's primarily looking at male audiences to come see your movie, and there is one that might be, um, then you're you're probably not in, in, you have you probably don't have to worry too much about anybody detracting from your chances to be seen as a movie. Okay. Uh, NCAA tournament primarily is is obviously t- would obviously take men away from seeing a movie. So if you're a movie going to, uh, that's primarily targeting male audiences, you have to be concerned about that this weekend and next weekend and the week after because it's the Final Four. So that's the only thing that would detract from any of these movies being seen. Okay. Um, and there is a movie this weekend that that I think would have to be worried about that, and that is. One of the three new releases this weekend, we're back to three. Remember, that was kind of a theme in January and February. It seemed like every week there was three new releases, three big releases every week, it seemed. And we're back to that after a few week respite from that. Uh, the Gunman is one of those movies being released this weekend. A thriller from Open Road Films opening in 2,816 theaters. Uh, starring Sean Penn, Javier Bardem, Idris Elba, and Ray Winstone. Sean Penn also produced that film. Pierre Morel, who directed Taken directs the film. It's an R-rated film. So R- with the R-rating, is obviously going to be a limited access thing. So you don't expect a huge number from this movie. But here's the thing, too. Again, and it's a double-A tournament. This movie, this movie, The Gunman, is going to primarily be something that they're trying to get male audiences out to see. Now, doesn't mean that males aren't going to see it, okay? It doesn't mean that... Um, you know, everybody's gonna be watching. Every male out there's gonna be watching the NCAA tournament. Some probably won't care. It's just you got that's something that they have to be concerned about. That that could cut into the demographic that that they're trying to hook to see their movie. Um, the other thing too is I'd say that this probably is gonna edge more towards older audiences, older male audiences, because um, the actors involved here skew older and are, are more and their fan base is skew older. So that might limit this as well. I don't think this is going to get a huge number. Pierre Morel is a great director. These are all great actors in this movie. I just think that I don't see a huge number here at all. Plus, it's only in 2,816 theaters, it isn't, which, is, which is good. It's just, But, you know, usually being over the 3,000 mark in theaters helps a lot. Uh the smallest release of the big release this weekend is Do You Believe, a drama from Pure Flix opening in 1,320 theaters. Uh, we, it's, we're heading towards Easter, so it's not adverse to see religious movies, Christian movies. We had a bunch of them last year during the winter and spring. Many of them did well. So it's been a surprise that we haven't seen more of them this year, although sometimes it takes two, it's a two-year turnaround to see it reflected in and reflected in releases and such, so you might see more of them next year. But um, this will probably do okay. You know, I mean, not nobody's expecting to make twenty million or anything, but it'll do okay. It'll find its audience and it'll do okay. Um, you saw that last year. These we saw several Christian movies do more than okay. So there's always that chance if 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 it you know is promoted enough and people know about it, it could always do well. And that we saw that last year. So you know, it'll find its audience. That's for sure. The biggest release, the Divergent series, Insurgent, Action Adventure Films, and Lionsgate Summit opening in 3,875 theaters, almost 4,000 theaters. Now, it's a high number because there's not the other two movies that are opening. One's R-rated and one's a movie that usually doesn't get played to a uh, Christian film and usually don't get played to a huge amount of audiences. And 
you know, usually it is right around like 1,500 to 2,000 theaters. So by virtue of that, you're going to ha- by virtue of the fact that you're going to have two movies that aren't playing to a, me- a lot of theaters or as many theaters, and because some of these holdovers have been out for a good amount of time, really most of the theaters are going to be filled with Cinderella and Divergent. So that's just the way. That's why Divergent's got this high theater count for March, because usually in March you wouldn't see a movie get that much of a theater count. But here you go. Uh, unless it's the only major release, and kind of technically, it, in a lot of ways, it is. One film's R-rated. One is a film that doesn't get played to a, a large audience. So, um, Divergent film Insurgent is PG-13. Action adventure film. $110 million budget from Lionsgate Summit. Jamie Woodley, Theo James, Caitlin Dwight, Octavia Spencer, Jay Courtney, Ray Stevenson, Miles Teller, and Al Gore, Maggie Q, Mackay Pfeiffer, Naomi Watts, so, uh, the cast from the first movie back. Many people expect this to do better than the first movie. Um, I remember some people were disappointed with how the first movie we opened. Um, I wasn't, it wasn't a bad number, but it wasn't, some people thought it would be higher. I think this will, will probably do better than the second movie. I've seen a little bit more anticipation this time around, even for people that didn't really like the first one, so for whatever reason, I don't know why that is. I think it's because it looks like it has a little bit more, the action in it looks more mainstream appealing, I guess. I think there's more of it. Also, you got to consider Miles Teller, who's in the cast, is an expanded role. He's, his career has really took off in the last year, so um, that probably helps as well. Um, I'm expecting, I think it's going to be a good weekend for this movie. I, I think it's going to be, you know, you're looking at another kind of, Weekend, uh, probably in or around 60 to 70 minutes. It won't do as well as Cinderella. It'll probably be right under that. So maybe on the low side, 50, but generally around 60 or so, I think, is a fair prediction. I think that's what generally everybody's going to 60, 65. High end would be right over, the same as Cinderella, 70. Uh, and that'd be right on par last week. I think generally what you're going to see at the box office this weekend is you're going to see. Um, a weekend like last week, because the holdovers aren't going to do as well, okay? Um, what's going to help is that Cinderella is probably only going to drop off to about 35 to $40 million. And that's going to make up for whatever the holdovers lose. And then so it's, the, the total number of growth between all the movies is probably going to be almost close to last week. So it'll be good. It'll be a, a stable week, pretty much. Um, and with Cinderella and Divergent taking up most of the theaters, they're going to be the only movies over $20 million. They're going to be the only movies probably over $10 million. And again, Cinderella is probably only going to drop to around $40 million, especially with the theater count so high, especially given how it did last weekend. You, don't, you can't anticipate a dropping much more than $40 million. So you're going to have – you're looking at probably at least a $50 million movie and then a $40 million movie this weekend. So that's a very good weekend for the third week of March. Um even if the holdovers don't do well, it's going to it balance itself out. So, all right, let's get right to the predictions right now. Not enough has been said. Predictions for this weekend, the weekend of March the 20th. Number one movie will clearly be diver, the Divergent movie, Insurgent, Divergent series, Insurgent. I'm going to go with $60 million. Again, it could be higher, real higher than that, maybe even as high as 70. I don't think it'll be much lower than that, maybe, if, if anything, 50, 50. I mean, it could, it could go as well as 50, I suppose, but I wouldn't say any lower than 55, to be honest. 
Cinderella will be in second. I'm going to go with $40 million, which is generally what everybody's going with. That makes a lot of sense. You figure it will drop off about 40% or so. So that seems about right. And third, I'm thinking the gunman. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with about $9.5 million. Most people seem to be going around eight, eight and a half, nine, ten million as high as a high end. Um, I can't see it doing much more than that. Again, maybe the NCAA tournament hurts this movie. Um, and the cast primarily skews older. So, um, And fourth, I'm going to go with Do You Believe. And I'm going to go with $8 million. I'm going to go a little higher than most are because... The, Again, last year saw how well these movies did, these, uh, how well some of these Christian movies did, and um, given it's clo- we're closing in on Easter and and such, it, I, I and, and this has been the only one offered in a, in a while. I, I could see it doing pretty well, so I'm gonna go eight million. Most are going six, seven, seven and a half. I'll go, I'll go a little higher. I'll go with eight million. And fifth, I'm gonna go with Run All Night. I'm going to go with $6 million. I could see it doing lower than that, to be honest. But see, this is another reason why I think the gunman's not going to do as well, because anybody, the, the gunman the and Run All Night are basically going after the same audience. <laughs> Excuse me. And even though Run All Night didn't do well last weekend, even though it's going to fall off this weekend, uh, it's, still going to, it's still probably going to hurt gunman even a little bit. So... And if it does even a little bit better than what I'm putting down here at $6 million, that hurts government probably a little more. So, um, but I could also see Run All Night finishing lower than $6 million based on how it underperformed last weekend. You know, sometimes that means you're going to underperform the second weekend because people just aren't interested in your movie. So we, we, you could see that happening here. Um, I'm going to make a, I'm going to predict one more movie, even though most people don't think any other movies will be over $5 million. I'm going to go with Kingsman. And sixth with five million. I most are saying about four million, maybe even generally four two, four three. Based on how that movie's how now, you have to expect at some point it's it's gonna do worse than expected, or even you know you gotta expect it's gonna have a bad week at some point. It hasn't really. Um, like SpongeBob last week, we all thought it would hold above five, but it didn't. But it had had so many good weeks, eventually it was going to not do as well as expected. You have to expect Kingsman to do the same thing eventually. But I don't think it will be here. And here's the other thing, too. If, if Kingsman does, the better Kingsman does, again, it might hurt movies like The Gunman and Run All Night. Because they're, it's male audiences, primarily. So even, and the thing that benefits Kingsman is it's skewed on the younger side. So, it, you know, it, it could still hurt those two, too. But um, we'll see. But the way that it's been holding up, I think it's going to hold up well enough to not drop quite as sharply as many are predicting. And I think it could be around four, five, four and a half, four, seven, four, eight, which for our purposes, if you round it up, gets to $5 million. So I'll make a prediction of $5 million for that movie and say it holds as strong as it's been over the last couple of weeks. And I'll say it rounds up to $5 million and... Um and does it and and that that would qualify it for a prediction for us. So, all right. So I'm only making predictions for six movies this weekend. Which again, if you got given the fact you got two movies over twenty, well over twenty million, you got one that's probably gonna be at least that's 
probably more than likely going to be at 60, and one that's probably going to be around 40. That's a hundred million right there. So you know, it really doesn't matter how well the holdovers do in March when you have two movies doing that. So, but I'm going to predict predictions for this week. Here they are for the weekend of March 20th. Box office predictions: Number one, the Divergent series Insurgent, 60 million. Second, Cinderella, 40 million. Third, The Gunman, nine and a half million. Fourth, Do You Believe, eight million. Fifth, Run All Night, six million. And fifth, uh, and, and and sixth, Kingsman, The Secret Service, five million dollars. Those are my predictions. For the weekend of March the 20th at the box office should be a pretty good week. About on par with last week in terms of the total. And, again, still would be a good week at the box office in general. Next week, next week, uh, we flip the script to a focus on comedy and animation yet again. Two movies that should do extremely well, cause they're, especially the anime movie, which will probably every year is an anime movie that gets released right around Easter, and it's got it's that's obviously smart families and such, um, with spring break coming for schools and stuff. It's a smart idea. Well, next week you got two. We're, we're cutting off the pattern of three new releases back to two, but they're two really big releases that should do very well. A comedy starring Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell called Get Hard. You know, it's R-rated. It's expected to do really good business. Obviously, Kevin Hart's on a very has a very good run here, and Will Ferrell has had a very good run, too. Uh, and then Home, an animated film um, from Fox, which should do very well. So next week's box office should be just as good um, as, well, maybe not just as good, but at least on par the last couple weeks. So things still looking good there. So we'll talk about those two movies next week. All right, so with that being said, we are done. There's nothing else to cover. We did the box office beat. Like I said, there's no entertainment news that many that any of you want me to discuss, really, other than the DVRs, uh, daytime saving, day, daylight savings time, ratings thing, but we'll get we'll do that in a future show. Other than that, you know, nothing that I think we should cover, nothing that you all felt like we should cover, so we will wind down, as always, just because our show is over. does not mean your interactions and contributions to our show have to stop. Please feel free to continue to send us feedback, questions about the show and show scheduling, topic and breaking news items related to sports, entertainment, or wrestling. You want to make sure we cover. Topic ideas related to sports, entertainment, and wrestling. You want to make sure we cover. Um, you know, feedback, um, reactions to... Uh, any of us on the show, something we said, any of those things, you can send us via email, Facebook, and Twitter. You can email us at itspotlightbg at gmail.com. That's itspotlightbg at gmail.com. It's my email as well as the show's. And I'm putting the subject line of email, some idea of what that email is about, just to help us in organizing things if you can. We, uh, you can also follow us and tweet us at itspotlightbg. Again, it's at itspotlightbg. It's my Twitter handle for the show. So please remember to use the hashtag. I didn't remind you all this at the beginning of the show, which is unusual of me, but. Um, I'll remind you now. Uh, for anything you tweet regarding our show, please use the hashtag, hashtag IT Spotlight. Again, it's hashtag IT Spotlight. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook by searching for our full show title, In the Spotlight with Brian Garden. And once you find our fan page, like our page, and go ahead and post whatever you'd like to post. Facebook, Twitter, email. If you post or send it, Jessica or myself see, will see it. I assure you, we check everything. We take turns checking everything, so one of us will see it. Um, even if we don't apply back or use acknowledge or mention something on the show or you know, whatever, I promise you we have seen it. If you post or sent it, we know about it. Trust me. 
We encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest show information, especially as it relates to scheduling. Um, otherwise, the next best way to get information about our show is on our main show page here on TalkShoe.com, where you also have access to all the episodes since they're moved to TalkShoe.com, which are available in the episode archive at the bottom of the page in order from most recent to the oldest. They're always with dates, times, numbers, and episode descriptions. Episode descriptions you get access to by clicking on the little I next to each episode. You can also check out our most recent episode in the top right-hand corner of the show page. Just click on the play icon in that box, and the episode will play for you. And anytime I schedule shows, which is usually no earlier than a half hour before showtime, uh, two things appear on the talk show page to help you in making sure you know that an episode is scheduled and going to happen. We, there's a countdown clock that appears in the top right-hand corner near the most recent episode box that counts down to our next show. And then there's a most, an upcoming episode thing that appears above the episode archive at the bottom of the page that gives you all the information about our next episode, date, time, number, and get an episode description that you will get if you click on the little I next to the the episode. So then you know we're having a show, you know all the information about that show, and you know, if you had any doubts or were confused because we were doing a different a show at a different time like today, then you'll know for sure we're having it. So you want to check out our show page regularly, um, especially Monday through Friday. We usually, we usually we actually we've never done a weekend show, but so you want to really check it Monday through Friday, um, especially on usual show days of Tuesday and Thursday, uh, especially Tuesdays and Thursday nights on normal show times. But again, check it regularly in case we do something like today where we did a special show. But on weekends you can check it too, since you want to catch up on episodes. Don't think you don't have to. Don't think you don't have to check it on weekends either. But I primarily worry about it during the week. All right, so check out. So that's that's why our main show page on Talk Show is important. So make sure to utilize that to your advantage. You can also check us out on our second home, Libsyn.com. Again, it's Libsyn.com. Um, just head over there, search for us using our full title of our show in the spot where Brian Garner. And once you find our show page, scroll down, you'll find all of our most recent episodes on there in order from most recent to the oldest. We have with dates, times, numbers, and descriptions for your convenience. Just find the episode you want, click on it, and it will play for you. So be sure to check us out over there on our second home, libsin.com. Again, it's libsin.com. You can also check us out on our old home, blogtalkradio.com. Again, blogtalkradio.com. Search for us using our full title of our show in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our old show page, scroll down, you'll find all 31 of our original Blog Talk Radio episodes, the first 31 episodes ever of our show. They will always be there if you're interested or maybe never check them out or just feel nostalgic, whatever the case. They'll always be there, so feel free to check them out if you're interested. You can also check us out on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes. Look under Podcast. We are a free podcast. So just search for us under Podcast. Um with our full title of our show in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find us over there, you can subscribe to us and you can listen to us anytime you want on the go, wherever it's convenient for you. Episodes are always up. When, once episodes are uploaded to the Talk Shoe Archive, they're immediately updated to iTunes, uploaded to iTunes. So as soon as they're uploaded here, they'll be uploaded to iTunes and you'll know about it and you can listen to us anytime you want, especially for a show like today. That's really convenient. So make sure to check us out over on iTunes. Okay, I want to thank Jeff Tech for taking some time out to help me with the show today. Thank you to him. Thank myself for a great show. I'm pat myself on the back. And thank all of you for your continued support and contributions to the show. Thank you so much for listening. Those of you that listen live here this morning, thank you so, so much. Those of you that will be listening to this in archive, either on, here on Talk Show or Libsyn or iTunes or wherever, thank you so much for listening. Um, 
this is it for this week, obviously. Our next show will be in our at our normal time on one of our normal nights, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, um, March the 24th. I think that's the 24th. Yeah, it's the 24th. March the 24th, broadcasting live here on Talk Show at 8 o'clock for Eastern Time. The whole show will be NCAA Tournament. We'll, uh, focus. We'll talk about all the games that have taken place, the first four, the first two uh, the the round of 64, the round of 32. We'll talk about all the games, any of the big stories that storylines we have to cover, all that good stuff, and all college basketball show coming at you this coming Tuesday night in our sports show. That is our normal sports show. Uh, this coming Tuesday night at 8 o'clock from Eastern Time. And we'll probably do again like we did this, this morning, another entertainment show. Um, next Friday, this will basically just be the box office. People will probably do that one in the afternoon, I think. But I'll let you all know about that on Tuesday's show. So, all right, so I hope you have a great rest of your Friday, a great weekend, and a great start to your week next week. We'll see you back here broadcasting live on Talk Show this coming Tuesday night, March 24th at 8 o'clock from Eastern Time for an all NCAA tournament show. Until then, have a good day, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.